So the last time you guys probably heard from us, we were sitting in a hospital room on bed rest, uh, trying to wait out the arrival of our daughter. Yeah, and we've been silent on these podcast episodes for several days, maybe two weeks or so, because we're kind of a little, we're a little busy. Because she surprised us and she came, what, a day late? Later than after that podcast or two days later? That night we recorded the podcast. Uh That was a Thursday night. Oh, she came the next morning. That was crazy. She came within hours of us recording that last podcast. So we wanted to catch you guys up a little bit. Uh, We recorded that podcast and we had a good day that day. Our doctor had told us, you know, and we had told you guys a little bit before in that podcast that... Um, I had been put on bed rest. I was dealing with preeclampsia, um, which can be very dangerous for the mom and the baby. And so we were ready to ride out as long as we could, possibly two weeks, maybe more, um, with me being at bed rest at the hospital. And instead, that very night, uh, my blood pressure started rising and it got so high to where I was at the risk of seizures or strokes. And um, so I was up a lot that night. The nurse kept coming in and checking me. And um, then when it got to be about four o'clock in the morning, the nurse came back in and said she was, the doctor had said to put me back on this really strong medicine. They'd put me on a few times It's called magnesium, and it's the worst thing ever. Um, And so at 4 o'clock in the morning, that Friday morning, they put me back on magnesium, and I was devastated. I was crying because I knew that meant I wasn't doing well. That was at 4 o'clock. 5 o'clock in the morning, I saw the doctor. He came in, and he was like, we have to get this baby out. We've gone as far as we can, and as much as your body can handle it. He was like, get her prepped for C-section by 6 a.m., It went so quickly. It was terrifying. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to call my husband. (sighs) I called my husband and I called my husband and I called my husband (laughs) and I could not get a hold of Pierre because he was sleeping away. So I just want to say. That sleep was really good. I haven't (laughs) slept that well. I'm sure. And it was good. Um, Which... In your defense, you had only been back from Africa for, what, four days? Two days. You had went straight to from Africa and all the jet lag to your wife being in the hospital completely. You right. went to take care of Jordan. Like, it was crazy. So you did have a lot of stress on you and, like, adjusting and, and all that stuff okay, was madness. Some of you guys probably saw on Instagram... I did a, a screenshot of all the missed calls that I had that morning. <laughs> Dozens of missed calls. My phone goes on do not disturb every day from like 11 p.m. to like 7 a.m. It's just on do not disturb. That's just how I do it. I enjoy that way. I did. I started that a couple of years ago. I used to work for an organization and the emails and text messages always just came in 24 seven. And so for my mental stability and my health, I decided to start doing do not disturb on my phone from 11 to seven. And it's been like that for years. And so there was no signs of the baby coming. We had so, nothing to know, like, 
oh wait, something might happen tonight. Right. Keep your phone on or make sure it's up on lap. Like exactly. there was no So I hints. didn't I didn't need to deactivate this setting. Right. I just it was normal, man. I that next morning I had my gym clothes laid out. I was gonna go to NAM convention uh-huh. that day, like take Jordan to school. We had a sitter that was gonna pick him up from school. We had that whole Friday plan. So yeah. there was no need for me to deactivate that feature and on my phone. We thought we were about to rock out to even better if we could go longer weeks yeah. than that at the hospital. That was our intention. So when I couldn't get a hold of Pierre, I called him a few times. I immediately called the babysitter who lives a few minutes away from us. It was five o'clock in the morning. And shout out, shout did, out to Jackie. Jackie. She's one of our close friends and um, she was a savior that she morning. was MVP. So literally at five o'clock in the morning, all she does is pick up the phone and says, baby and i was like baby and i can't get a hold of pierre i start bawling my eyes out because i'm panicking she's like okay i'm going over there right now between me and pierre or me and jackie we called pierre over 40 times trying to wake him up she's standing outside of our apartment building trying to call anyone on the call box to let her in she's banging on the door i'm sleeping and while i'm sleeping I just, like, you know, in the middle of the night, you go to the bathroom. So something just kind of wakes me up. I was having this weird dream where there's like banging on the dream, but it was weird. But I was like, I'm up. I'm just going to use the bathroom. I go use the bathroom. I keep hearing like little tiny knocks somewhere, but I'm like, that's weird, man, that someone's knocking at this time. So I jump back in bed. I put my eye mask back on. I roll over to my left side and I'm just sleeping and I'm trying to fall asleep. I keep hearing knock. I'm like, hold up. That's. Okay, that's real knocking. So I start thinking, I feel like this happening at our door, but who would be knocking on our door at this time? We do have this one's crazy lady that lives in our building. Oh, and there she's was, a little old I know, crazy but lady. there was one moment I thought it was, is it her? <laughs> I, I seriously, I, I thought that, you. is it her? She's crazy. So I get out of my bed and I start walking slowly to the front door, right? I don't walk to the front door aggressively because I don't want the person to know that I'm on the other side of the door. So I'm kind of walking slowly. It's And I'm scared too because it's like 6 a.m. And I look through the peephole and it's our friend Jackie. Jackie. And I was like, what? And I opened up the door. And she's like, you got to go now. And I said, where? She's like, Danley's having a baby. I was like, are you serious? No one called me. <laughs> he said, did anyone try to call me? I said, did anyone try to call me? <laughs> She's like, we've been calling. I said, no, 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 no one called me. I walked back to my bedroom and picked up my phone. I had dozens of missed calls from her, Dan and Lee, the hospital, the front door. They try to use the front door for like for me to buzz. I and was FaceTime even trying to calls. call Jordan's iPad in his room just to see if the FaceTime like sound would wake up our five year old. No, nah, he sleep like so his dad. That he could wake you up. No, nah, he sleep like his daddy. I couldn't so, get nobody. No, so that was crazy. It was super stressful. All the drama in the world. The nurses were like, "Oh, I can't take this." Like he has to answer. It was ridiculous. Like Pierre had a trip coming up, and so we had talked about like what happens if you go on this trip and I have the baby while you're gone. Like we had talked about that. And that was something we were figuring out. But to let you sleep through the birth of our daughter when you are 10 minutes down the road from the hospital, I'm like, this cannot happen. And Jackie, she was like, we won't let this happen. Like, it's not going down this way. So luckily, Jackie finally found someone on the call box 
who randomly opened the door for her at five o'clock in the morning. And that's how she finally got in. So Pierre made it just in time. The doctor held off until he got there, uh, until Pierre got there to start the C-section. So that was like, gosh, that was everything that you finally got there. Yeah, it was traumatizing for Danny Lee. She was crying the whole time, which I was going to understand. I didn't know why he was crying. Um, But hey, I get it. Actually, I don't get it. You don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. You don't get it. So then we started doing the C-section, which I had not experienced that with Jordan. So that was a really crazy experience. Um, It was just, it was weird. Um, And so then after C-section, Miss Brooklyn was born. We did not have a name for her for two days because we thought we had two more months to name her. It was probably three days. Is it three? About three days. She was nameless. The the people who do the birth certificates came in and she was like, hi, uh, I need a, a name for the baby. And I was like, yeah, so do we. We don't have one. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, yeah, we were supposed to have two more months for that. Um, but needless to say, Brooklyn Eve was born on January 17th. She weighed three pounds and three ounces, and she was almost to 32 weeks. Um, so I was just under like eight months pregnant. Yeah. So she's premature. She came very early. Very early. Um, we didn't expect her at that time. And um, as we're recording this, she still lives at the hospital. She, she is still um, in the NICU. The doctor told us that, you know, it could be up to eight, nine weeks of her being there, um, basically getting to her actual due date. Uh, so right now she's about, what, two weeks old, two, almost three weeks almost old now? Almost three weeks old, yeah. And so this baby has honestly, man, brought so many different emotions Um into our household, you know, mentally, yeah. it's been crazy. Danley cried every day for two weeks straight. I think it was closer you know? to three weeks. I mean, it's just been, it's been a roller coaster for us. And we just wanted to share with you guys how we've been dealing with this and how we've overcome. And we've had so many different challenges. And I think we've, I think we're making it. I'm not going to even say we've <laughs> made it, but I think we're making it. And I think some of you guys can be really surprised by some of our reactions and response to some of the things that we've dealt with just in the last 14 days. And so if you guys are ready, let's, let's dig. dig. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Dig podcast where Pierre and Danny Lee invite you into their personal conversation. Listen to them dig deep to bring you hope, inspiration, and valuable tools to equip your goals. Learn ways to think beyond your current situation and help make steps towards a life you haven't even dreamed of. We all don't have it figured out, but as they dig, you'll dig with them and find some of your own gems along the way. So here are your hosts of Let's Dig, Pierre and Danny Lee. So adjusting to this life of having a baby in the NICU has been really interesting. Um, We actually, with Jordan, Jordan was in the NICU for a short time after we had him. Uh, He was in there for about four or five days. So I had already experienced the feeling of giving birth to a baby and leaving the hospital without a baby. For some reason in my head, I really thought that that would make it easier this time. And I was so ready to get out of the hospital. I had literally not smelled the fresh air in over seven days by the time that they were discharging me. So I was more than ready to break out of that jail of a hospital. 
Um, and so I really thought, this will be fine. I'm so ready to be home with my boys. Pierre had been gone five days for Africa prior to that. So we hadn't slept in the same place in over what, over more than two weeks. So I was so ready to just come home with my boys, be here with Jordan. I had missed Jordan so much when I was only seeing him when he came to visit me at the hospital every day, but it was, you know, a short time and he was bored while he was there. So I just couldn't wait to get home with the boys and rest And boy, when it came to that day of leaving, I was smacked really hard in the face with how hard it was to leave her again. I really didn't expect that. Um, And now it's this whole challenge of that she's still there and that life goes on at home, even though to me personally, it feels like time is completely frozen until she comes home. Um, And honestly, babe, I... It made me sad about two days into you, two days into you being home. I finally realized that you just wanted to be with Brooklyn. Yeah. And that kind of hurt me because I was just wanting you to be home. Right. I wanted you to be well. I wanted you to get strong and I wanted you to be with Jordan to be with us. And knowing that, you just wanted to be with her. And it wasn't because you didn't want to be with us. Well, it, that's what it I... Was, that wasn't the case. It's not that you didn't want to be with us. You just wanted to be with her. You wanted because... I don't know if you was dealing with, you know, the whole thing that... Maybe you could talk about this too, like dealing with like the guilt of... Or maybe you dealt with guilt of like... Maybe you felt like you you did something wrong right? with well, the baby and you, know, you wanted to be there with her. and Right. Like part of it, it's a lot of things. It's so many layers to it. So part of it was, I felt like you were understanding that it wasn't that I didn't want to be with you. It's that I wanted to be with everyone at the same time. It was literally the strongest feeling was just, I'm supposed to be in two places at once. I have two boys that need me and that I want to be with them and I need them. And I have a baby girl that just came out of me that I need to be with her and she needs me too. So that was like really hard. And I felt like you, I knew you, like you had shared that you were hurt a little bit or like sad that I wanted to be with her so much, but I was trying to tell you and express to you, like, I want to be everywhere right now. And it's impossible. Yeah. And it's and it was hard to understand that because f- for me, as I'm not just playing a role of, you know, a co-parent, you know, for me as the overseer of the house, as the leader of our family, my job is to keep us strong and right. to keep us going. And what and what was even hard too, some of you guys don't even know, and you may have you may have heard us say this in the last episode was that, you know, I just got news that my grandmother passed away. Yeah. And so here I am. My grandma just dies. My daughter comes early. She's in the hospital. Danny Lee was on bed rest and now she just has surgery. She's recovering. I have to go help bury my grandmother. Right. But I have a five-year-old and all these things are going on in my head. But I get to bring you home so that you can rest and, and you know, get um, the recovery that you need. And to all I can see in you, in your eyes was you just wanted to be with her, right. you know, and that's, and that, that was kind of my perspective. And it made me sad because my job as the overseer, like I was saying, it's to keep the family going. Right. And so I'm thinking of, okay, 
let's go home and let's get her well. Let's get her to recover. And you and I, we, when Brooklyn comes on my mind and when Brooklyn comes to your mind, they come at different rates. Um, and we're thinking differently. Right. You know, you're thinking of her more frequently. You're thinking of her all the time. All the time. Um, when we go to the hospital, you can sit there or stand there and look at her for hours or yeah. hold her for hours. Mm-hmm. And you should as a mom. For me, as a, as as the dad, and I don't know if there's other dads that can relate with this, but for me, as a protector, I just want to make sure that my baby girl is good. Right. So I want to talk to the nurses. I want to talk to the doctor. I want to hear about her levels, her numbers, see her, see her. Oh, she looks great. And then I could leave in 10 minutes and go, crazy. go for, throughout the rest of my day, taking care of Jordan, taking care of business, other things, right. knowing that she's in good hands. And it was hard going into this, knowing that, or not even realizing that we're both just on two different pages when it comes totally. to dealing with this. Which I told you the other day that... Sometimes it's just hard because I was saying that when we're at the NICU, it's I could hold her for hours because technically if she was my typical newborn at home, that's how it would be. Like I remember when we were home with Jordan and I'd be like, oh, please just hold him for a little bit so I can go take a shower. Can you please hold him so I can just wash my hair and eat something? I was begging you. I mean, you were always helpful, so it wasn't that, but I just... A new mom just has a baby in her hands all the time. They need so much attention. They need to be held. It's just what it is. And I'm not, I literally get to spend a max of 45 minutes to an hour a day with my baby. And that's it. Yeah. And, and I so get it. a lot of times it doesn't feel like it's enough. Yeah. And I get it. And the crazy thing is I, I, I really don't get it. You know, I understand what you're saying. Right. Like, I understand, but, but you I don't feel it. I won't be able to feel what what you're going through, and I think that's hard for us. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's been really hard for us right now. And then even for Jordan, man, Jordan is a champ. The he kid is. is a champ. He understands. Someone asked me the, the other day. They said, "Hey, does Jordan know what's going on?" And I said, "Actually, he knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> He's he so knows smart. where babies come from." He knows how the baby got there. He knows where the baby was supposed to come out of, but where she actually came out of. He knows about your scar, like everything. And he understands that she came early um, and that she can't come home yet. Otherwise, he said the other day, he said, if she comes home early, she won't make it. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) yeah, you're right. (laughs) She won't make it. I couldn't even correct them or no, no, buddy, don't say (laughs) that. She'll, no, no, you're, you're right. (laughs) These kids, man, where they learn this stuff. That's crazy. And I was going through so much, man. Um, just even mentally. And you guys know me, man, I'm, I'm the encourager, right? I'm the lifter upper. That's just my type of person. So the day we came home, we brought Danley back home. I'm like pumping her up. Our baby's going to be good. You're going to recover in a couple weeks. Brooklyn's going to be home after that. By that time, you'll be good. You can start going back to work. You get your part-time job back up. And this is perfect. We could talk about, we do the podcast stuff. We can go to the park. We can do all this. And like, I'm just, and she's just sitting there. She got the blues looking outside the window and just, she's not even, you know, she's just thinking of Brooklyn. And that's where I messed up. I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't really giving her time to sit sit in what she was going through and a few days later i finally told danley i said you know what babe we got into like a little tiff and i said i'm not who you need every single day 
you need to get you some friends, some moms, some people that's gone through some stuff because I realize I'm the coach type. I'm the one right. that's going to pump you up like, babe, you need to ready to do this. And I realized <clears throat> you just went through a very traumatizing situation Trauma. where you had an emergency C-section. The baby came early. You had preeclampsia. I can't imagine what you're going through in your mind. Literally, I can't imagine. And here I am, the only person right now close to you, close proximity, pumping you up and lifting you up every single step of the way. And I told her, I said, you know what? You need to find some people that's going to sit with you in this. Sit with you. The ones that like, you you know, like your like your mom sat with you several times. You guys just sat there and just talked about it for hours. I bored out my mind. (laughs) But that's okay. Right. I wasn't, I'm not the one for that. I'm going to come in as the husband, make sure that your mental health is good. Make sure that right. you're, you're eating, making sure that you're getting some rest, things like that. Make sure that you're thinking ahead, thinking ahead, but you still need to have some of those people. And we went through that too. Cause, and we found that the, I think everything that we've been going through in the last two weeks, we've been finding out the hard way, mm. the hard way after having these hard conversations, realizing I'm pushing you to get over it. Like you'd say, like you'd cry every single day, and you guys know every oh man, single day, every day, multiple Dan, times, guys. Dan Lee's crying today, and multiple as she's crying, she, yeah, she's crying. I'm just kind of just sitting there, just kind of looking at her. <laughs> He's so over. I'm it. like looking around the room, and that's when it hit me. I'm like, I, you need to find you some people that's going to sit with you. And I have found a few people that have been so so helpful. Um, whether it was a mom that had been through the NICU experience when their baby came early. Um, I've have some uh, just mom friends. Yeah, you even have a re- close friend that actually works in the NICUs. Yes, friends that work in the NICU, so they know like when I'm talking to them about levels and Brooklyn's progress, they know what I'm talking about. Um, and then even like my sister in law and just other people that recovered from C sections because that was such a different experience, and them telling me how it was, you know, how it was recovering and all that stuff. I mean, I have found some really great people that have really helped me through a lot of things of making me feel like I'm not crazy or that they get it because you go through so much. You go through, you know, I really did feel like I got robbed of. A lot of my pregnancy because I already felt like it was going too fast with this one. I already wanted it to slow down once it got past the holidays. And literally 16 days after January 1st, we had a freaking baby. Like even there was one time I told you that the nurse came in to ask me, uh, when was the last time I pumped? And I was like, oh, like six hours ago. And she was telling me, she was like, no, you want to do that every three hours. It it didn't even connect in my brain of like, oh, I'm legit postpartum now. Like, this is it. Like, I just had a baby whether I was ready to or not. And it almost was just complete shock of, oh my gosh, now I have to pump every three hours. I have to get up in the middle of the night every three hours. I have to clean the pump parts. I have to, like, it just, there was just something in my brain that wasn't connecting of, this is where we're at now. I yeah. just had a baby, even though mentally I wasn't ready for that at all. And that's where we struggled for the first few days is finding that balance between um, facing the facts and looking at reality, say this is what it is, but also um, being considerate of what happened. Right. And what's tough is I'm just going to confess right now. I have a hard time sitting 
and being considerate of what happened and pondering on that and sitting on that. Right. And I think there is some there is some healthiness to doing that, you know, but I'm hardcore the other way. Like, OK, babe, yeah, this are. is the thing. This is the thing. This is great. This is great. Like I after she got home, I had some events, things like that. And some people say, hey, man, so how's everything going just with the baby and and, and with the wife? And by the way, I just want to say right now, thank you. Just thank you to everyone who has everyone. reached out and called us and texted us and um, it, it, prayed, and, for and us. prayed for Sent us. us yeah, gifts. it meant the world. And I just want to personally, right now, not even for Danley, just for me, I want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out to me and personally asked me mm. how I was doing. Yeah, man. Um, thank you, thank you. I. I spent the first week or two, everyone is asking, how's Danny Lee? Mm. How's baby? How's Danny? How's baby? And one time, one guy finally asked, he said, bro, how are you? Yeah. And I, I was, wow. And I just said, I don't, I don't know, man. Right. I really, I literally don't know how I'm doing. I haven't had time to stop and think about it. You know, we, with my grandma passing and what's going on with Danny Lee in Brooklyn and some other things that's happened in the news, you know, Kobe Bryant, him and his daughter passed. You know, I had some news about uh, someone that I knew that committed suicide. So much going on in my mind mentally. Yeah, it was a and lot. It was a lot. And so I had some time to think about that stuff. And even I had one buddy call me and he said, bro, make sure that you have people that you can stop talking and, and, and cry with. As the man, as the father, as the husband, because for your household, you you know, you're working so hard to be the strong one that you don't even have time to talk about your emotions. And it's hard to talk about your emotions with the wife. And in my household, in the Aristos residence, <laughs> it's hard for me to talk about emotions because Danielle runs that category. She's I just it's have full. a lot of them. You have a lot of them. So sometimes I feel like there's no room for me. Even you guys heard us say I'm that not before. Going down off of postpartum or when I'm right. not pregnant. Just yeah. in general, I'm an emotional person. Right. And so like you guys know, I go hard left of like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Here's how life's gonna be. So I'm like, this is great. Danley, you get to recover for four weeks. You get to already wake up every three hours or whatever you're pumping. So you're getting used to waking up already. Brooklyn's in perfect hands. She's being taken care of by professionals around the clock. She's great. You get to come home and spend time with me and Jordan. We're going to build that relationship. We're going to be good. And we get to prep now. You know, that's kind of like my perspective of it. I'm like, so we, we like we just need to get over it and keep moving. And that's Which, when thank you for not saying we need to get over it to me. But all those things that you're saying in my head make sense. Like, right. totally. Sure, that all sounds fantastic. But I cannot take my heart out of it. And my heart is yeah, so ripped in pieces. Like, it's like, it's like everything you say has no, like, emotional attachment to it. So all these things, it's logistically makes complete yeah. sense. But the emotion of it is like, yeah, but I'm so sad that yeah. she's not here. And that's when I started realizing, said, you know what? I was like, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for being so pushy and just, okay, get up, pick up your mat, and let's go ahead and go mm -hmm. already. And it's like, you need some time to sit in this. You need some time to sit in this because Brooklyn should have, she should still be in you. 
Literally, like even right now as we're recording this episode, mm-hmm. she should still be inside she you. She should still have six more weeks. So I get it why you feel this obligation to pump because that's the one thing that you can do for her that the nurses and the doctors cannot do. It's the only way I can take care of her right now. And it's been crazy. And you know what, babe? Like, And you've heard me say this. I get overprotective of you too because I don't like, I don't like for anyone to sit with you and share their opinions because- we just have different backgrounds, you know what I mean? And you guys heard this before for those of you that are listening that are in the room right now, which obviously there's no one in the room. But if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably <laughs> feel like in you're, in the, you're in the room right now. Um, and we do got clothes on. So um, <laughs> that's necessary. We're just in but, the living room, guys. But I do get overprotective of, of who's sitting with you because um, sometimes I feel like you're really gullible. Or, or, or naive. So anyone can share with you their story or a fact for them, a fact to them. And you just take it as it's the Bible and we'll come home. You'll come home and you'll share and say, hell, I heard this or so-and-so told me this. I'm like, where you heard that from? And for me, it's not that I'm negative. I just like a good, I like the absolute truth or I and like, you like a good debate too. Well, no, I just, I just feel like people struggle understanding the difference between fact and opinion. Mm. You know, so even your nurses, your nurses, Mm. they may give you a high suggestion based off of their studies, based off of what they've seen, their experiences, their encounters, the dozens of babies they've worked with, which makes sense. There's validity in that, obviously. But what I'm saying is you take it as that's it. And to me, I'm like, no, babe, don't 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 forget, like every situation is very different. Right. So take that into high consideration, but just know that it's not absolute truth sometimes. And you that know? is hard for me. I think it's I honestly do think it goes into emotions too. Like sometimes they just tell me something good and I grab onto it and I'm like, Oh, that's what's gonna be. Okay, great, that's exciting. And I get too excited. And then someone tells me something more on the negative side and it just pulls me down and I'm like so sad and distraught about it. Like so I do think it's part of my emotional isms that I get yeah. like swayed too easily. And yep. but that's why I need you is cause you balance it out. Uh-huh. 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 Man, we're we're learning some stuff man we're learning some stuff and honestly throughout this whole situation we're even learning to be more open more open about it you know there there's been several people that's texted me in the last few days and there's sometimes i just don't feel like opening up about Mm. the story but opening up and talking about it makes it become more real um and it lets me know where where i really am you know like i overheard dan lee the other day have a conversation with a neighbor tell him about this yeah that was really hard so we were walking um into our apartment and we ran into a family that lives on the same floor as us they have two kids and we were in the elevator with them and the the mom was asking how are you and i forget what she said but she was like were you in the hospital i think that's how she asked it 
And I was like, yeah, I was. She was like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, we had the baby. And so she was finding a way to say like, but where's the baby? And then I was like, oh, yeah, she's the baby's still at the hospital. She's good, though, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I was doing my whole like, yeah, we're good. The baby's at the hospital. and Everything is good. Everything good. is great. We're, we're doing good, 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 yeah, good, good. Yeah, we're doing good. Thanks for asking. And I walked into the apartment and I walked to the bathroom and I bawled my eyes out because I it is a really hard part of this is being the mom that doesn't have a belly, but I also don't have a baby. And so I'm walking around recovering from a C-section and um, but no one knows that I had a baby three weeks ago. And so that's a really hard part of it. And just knowing like what to say to people. And I know sometimes people don't know what to say to me. Like that neighbor, she obviously didn't know how to ask, like, where's the baby? That she was trying to figure out a nice way to say it. And it's really hard to know how much to be honest with people. I knew that I couldn't tell her without busting out crying. And so I just kept it. I'm good. We're good. Everybody's good. Thanks for asking. Okay, bye. And then I boohoo cried. But ever since then, I've tried really hard to, if people do text me, like I've tried really hard to be like, I'm okay, today's been really hard, or I'm doing better, today's the first day I didn't cry for three weeks, or, you know, trying to be more open and honest with people about how we really are doing. I think that's something that comes from our background of being raised in church. You're just taught so much of, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? We're good. And you just say that you're good, even though you may not be good at all. Like nothing may be good right now. And we're just trained to say we're good. And so trying to open up and be honest with people when they say, how are you, um, has been a challenge. And even for me and you, I think the other day we finally were able to open up a conversation, um, about how we were talking earlier about how it feels like time's frozen for me. And for you, time is still moving. Jordan's still growing. School's still happening. Work is still happening for you. And for me, I feel like I'm in this like frozen time where nothing matters until Brooklyn comes home. Yeah. And you finally started opening up that you were worried about, you know, my mental stability and like where I was emotionally because all I did was pump, sleep, go to the hospital, and then mix in a bunch of crying and all of that. And, you know, you were finally able to say, like, I'm worried about you doing this. Like, we have to figure out to do more than just this. And I didn't and I know even, how to get out of that. I even told her, said, babe, if this is going to be how life is going to be for the next month or two, I don't, it's going to, I'm going to go crazy. Like, remember I yeah. said that uh-huh. I'm going to go crazy. If my wife is just pump, sleep, go to the hospital, pump, sleep, go to the hospital. How are we going to live? How are we going to make, we can make a schedule and out of I this. I already felt like I was going crazy, but I just felt like that's all I could do. And so once you opened up that conversation, then it was a point where we could finally talk about, okay, maybe we could do these things or maybe we could do that things. And you had all these great ideas. And I even told you, all those ideas sound amazing and I want to do them. I just don't know if I can, but I want to try. And even recording this episode tonight, like I've cried multiple times in this episode and even just starting it out, it felt so heavy and I've had all these emotions already just thinking about sharing how 
real this is for us and this is what we're in right now guys this is not like we've made it through and we've done such a good job and this is how you can overcome it too that's not where we're at we are still very much so in the middle of this baby girl isn't coming home for a few more weeks it's still us navigating this and figuring it out and opening up the conversation to each other and to other people yeah i mean that's it man i mean that whole talking about it and opening up is so important it's it's so important it it, i think it's part of our healing yeah it's part of your recovery the confession just talking about it someone asked me the other day at the school and they say so how you guys doing like you guys holding up all right and i looked at her while i was picking up jordan i said no we're we're not really doing that good We're, we're we're just trying to figure this whole thing out this whole thing out, man. Um, Brooklyn is still at the hospital every day. We don't know when she's going to come home. Danny Lee just having a hard time with it. Um, Jordan just wants to have fun and play. And I'm going through a lot. And so I just pray for us. And sometimes we don't even need to talk about the whole thing. Right. We just need to just say we're not doing good. Right. You know, things can be better. You know, things can be better. And so this... This baby coming <laughs> has already changed so much stuff, even in our marriage, in our relationship, how we talk to each other. And it's even changes as parents, yeah. even like when it comes to Jordan. Yeah. I know that's something you're dealing with, too, babe, like yeah. right now with this whole Jordan situation. Yeah, it has. Um, we definitely have gone through, you know, being in the hospital for a week solid was really hard to be away from Jordan that much. And then when he did come to the hospital, it's a boring hospital. He can't be on the bed with me. Like there's no snuggles. Like he is kind of far apart. And it just was, it felt like me and Jordan were really far apart from each other. And then I came home and you still can't be on me or hug me because I just had a C-section. So I just felt like there was a lot of space in between me and Jordan. And plus whoever he's with, he gets really attached to. So if Pierre goes on a trip and he's with me, he's stuck to me and vice versa. If I'm, you know, going somewhere or working a lot and he's with Pierre all the time, he's stuck to Pierre. So he had been stuck to Pierre for a good week and a half by the time I came home. And it just felt like it was really hard to get that connection back with him. Um, and for me to just be in the headspace to make that connection with him again. Um, because I just didn't feel good and I was just sad. So it was really hard to kind of find like, um, that motivation to get myself in the right mindset. Same thing as finding things to do besides sleep pump and go to the hospital. It's like this mindset of like pushing myself through the sadness that I feel. And, um, it was the same thing with Jordan, just trying to like push through. No, I don't feel like playing a game. No, I don't feel like doing that. I can't play soccer with you at the park. Yeah. I can't do these and things. Speaking of soccer at the park, that was a big thing last week where Danny Lee finally came to the, to the park with us, um, while Jordan and I played soccer. And obviously she just came 
out of a C-section few days, you know, it's right. been maybe it's a week stage, or something. Right. It was probably a week. And so we're not expecting her to stand. We just got her a little chair. She just sat there and her and I got into a big argument afterwards. I mean, you was crying like you just, but I don't think your crying was more for, I think your crying was more for just everything, a polyp of everything of you just trying to keep up. And um, I shared with her, how I, I was kind of disappointed because she hasn't been able to come to the park with us for weeks obviously because baby bed rest all that type of stuff and so the first time coming to the park Danny Lee sits on his chair and she's on her phone the whole time um texting she's on a phone call which is with a friend and it was a really good phone call but in that moment all Jordan and I saw was Danny Lee just came and sat on a chair and did her own thing and to me I thought I was doing multiple things I thought I was sitting there watching you guys play soccer, which I was watching, and I thought I was taking care of myself at the same time, which was calling people who cared about me and was checking on me, and I hadn't had a chance to call them back yet. And I had a great conversation with a friend who really helped me like get some stuff out, and I felt so much better after talking to them. So when you told me that you were disappointed, I was really in shock because I thought I was doing something for everyone. I thought I was doing something for Jordan, for you, for us as a family, and for me personally. Yeah. And it was and just trying to juggle all of it. Right, right. And you guys already know, um, we in our household... Um, I try to, and for me, especially, you know, as, as I try to lead my family, um, I work re- really hard on teaching all of us like to not multitask. You know, they've been saying that in studies have been showing multitasking, um, is very ineffective. You know, it causes us to take our attention off of, you know, a few things and just split it. Obviously, you know, that's multitasking. Right. And in those moments, what it says that, we lose the opportunity of just dialing in on one thing. You know, it's like if you and I are having a conversation, but I'm texting someone in which a lot of us do that. Everyone does that. We could be talking to someone in person, but texting someone you're talking to. I hate that because you're talking to two people. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm texting that person that's talking to them. So you're half listening to me and you're half talking to this other person. And so for me, I expected you to just come to the park and be at the park with us, not play soccer, but sit there on that chair and be our cheerleader. Right. And here's the crazy thing is Jordan being a five-year-old, he doesn't care that mom was just there at the park. I mean, cause he was all the way at the field, right. you know, you were, you know, many f- so far away. He, all he remembers is his soccer and who was engaged with them, who was involved with them. And, we, and we had a big talk about that. And that was part of the conversation that we had of like, okay, how, how, the way you're going to recover from this is being intentional every single day. Matter of fact, putting the phone down, leaving it in the car. I'm going to go to the park with my boys. It's been weeks. I'm going to sit on this on this lawn chair, get some fresh air and cheer on my boys as right. they play soccer. Like, you know what I mean? And so we like we had a big conversation about that and uh, we worked it out. <laughs> we resolved it. And I think my fault was I didn't share with you my expectation i should have came and said babe okay we're going to the park and it's been a while since you've been to the park i would really love if you just 
you know, cheered us on. It'd be good for Jordan. Like he's starting to think that mommies can't play sports and mommies can't play right. soccer. Right. He's starting to think that mommies don't know how to run. And I'm like, and what? Mommies boy? can't do stairs. <laughs> yeah. Mommies don't know how to do stairs. And I'm like, OK, there's something about how you're doing stuff right now that he's thinking something. So obviously you just had a baby. You just had a C-section, all this type of stuff. So you need to talk to your son and explain to him what's going on versus just like mommy can't go. Like tell him those type of things. Right. And so it comes down to communication. Everything that we've been dealing with right now with this baby coming is just us talking about how we're dealing with this baby, how we're dealing with Jordan expectation. Like when it comes to maternity leave expectation, like when it comes to us spending time with each other and it's just communication, man. And I think if we all just step it up into these categories, it's going to make our relationship so much better, man. And even with this baby, I'm pumped right now, yo, for this baby to come home, but I'm not in no rush. Because right now, I want to tighten up my relationship with you. I want us to have all the conversations that we need to have before this baby gets here. Because ain't no baby can come in this house and split us up. Mm. So to me, I see it like, let's get tight. Let's have all the conversations we need to have right now. Our expectations from each other. Like when it comes to even waking up in the middle of the night, which I know I ain't going to do. Because I my slumber cannot be disturbed. My word. You know what I mean? And so, but, but seriously... Even Jordan, expectations like when it comes to having two kids now, because that's new for us. Many yeah. people already have two, three, four, five kids. But right. for us, that's two. It's just a communication thing. So that's all I got to say, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it has been a journey and we really wanted to share that with you guys. And to let you know that we're still walking this out. We're still figuring it out. And, um, but we are so thankful for everyone who's reached out and given us advice. And, you know, we take it with a grain of salt and figure out what works for us. You know, people will always have opinions about your situation, but you have to, and this is what I'm learning. You have to figure out what works best for you and your family. And that's where we're at right now. We're trying to figure out how does this work for us and, um, building our family to be the strongest that it can be because that's what's important. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient while we went through this crazy storm of having a surprise baby the past two weeks. Um, But we love you guys. Let me just throw in there real quick. If there's anything that you guys want to hear us talk about, um, go ahead and send us a message. DM us on Facebook or on Instagram. Everything is let's dig the podcast. So let's dig the podcast at gmail.com or Instagram at let's dig the podcast, Facebook, all that. We want to hear from you guys. Um, We want you guys to share with us, like, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? If there's anything that we can answer, um, we just want to have some conversation. So till next time, peace. You've been listening to let's dig the podcast. If you've enjoyed today, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share this episode. Also, Pierre and Danny Lee would love to hear from you. Find them on all social media platforms at Let's Dig the Podcast. Thanks for digging with us. We'll see you next time. You